Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 26 of the Red Light Hockey Podcast. And we're joined this week by myself, Liam. We got Chad, the big dog from the West Coast, California. And we got a very special guest. We got Jesse from the Flyers Alley podcast. He is a Flyers fan. Um, and I guess he's a Philadelphia. I don't know. Like, I don't want to be rude, but like, I guess the Flyers fans are all known as scumbags around the league. So I don't know if you want to go by that or if you, if you want to live off that bragging right of being a Flyers fan or explain to Wait, us the Flyers I, fan base. I didn't really, I didn't really hear you just say that uh, Flyers fans are known as scumbags of the league. Yeah. Like, like around the league, everybody like, Basically, like, you know, they're, you're known as being their most rowdy flan- fans, like the, the loudest, the most brutal fan base of, of the league. At least at least in Canada, our media portrays you guys that way. I, I think it's definitely gone far uh, away from being the most passionate. Um, <laughs> it's uh, – I, I don't think – I think a lot of Philadelphia fans are very unrealistic, and uh, I wouldn't categorize myself. I get caught sometimes as one, but – uh. A lot of a lot of them don't know the game very well, and they kind of are living a pipe dream. So, I mean, I, I'm a Montreal fan, so I'm used to like the insane fan bases. Like after every game that Montreal loses this year, like I'm in a fan, I'm in a Facebook group. Literally after every time Montreal loses the game, everybody in the group's like, "Oh, trade Price, trade trade every player on the team. We need to rebuild." If they lose a game, <laughs> and then if they win a game, we're winning the cup. So that's kind of how it is here. I think I've left at least six Facebook groups this, this season, just from let's, let's have a fire sale of the entire team. Yeah. Even it, Carter that's like Hart. A, it's a Philly sports thing, period. Cause the Eagles are known as the worst fans in football too. It's just yeah, brutal. They, I don't, they chase, don't they chase, they chase. And I do say they, because I'm very, uh, you know, I don't, I don't categorize me or, or my friend group. Or, or our fan base with Flyers Valley is very as brutal as them. So, uh, yeah, they chase very good players out of the city. And they it's just crazy. did it to Carson Wentz. And, you know, I, I have a Carson Wentz that they're going to do it to Carter Hart. Yeah, they did, it to, they did it to Donovan McNabb, too. I mean, he was pretty much done. But they did it to Donovan McNabb and then welcomed a dude who got put in jail for fighting dogs. Right, so yeah. A, not a there's a lot, of, there's a, a lot of hypocrisy there, but no, the Philly sports fans are funny to me because they epitomize everything I kind of hate about sports fans. And this is like the typical Philly sports fan. So from what you're saying, not you, but uh, yeah. it is, it is funny because I think it's best exemplified. Uh, there's a famous interview with Donovan McNabb. It's on the ESPN. It's on one of those like round table shows where he brilliantly says in like 2006 that Tom Brady is going to get booed out of new England. Like, because it was after a down year where they lost in, like, the divisional. And then, of course, he won four more Super Bowls, five more Super Bowls with them. Right. And I think that just shows, like, you know, Philly would have kicked out the best player in, in the history of <laughs> history of the NFL if they had their way. Right. So, it was, it's just a crazy thing with Philly sports fans. But Well, I mean, pers- personally, I've, I've, I have signed off every other sports team in Philly besides the Flyers. Um, I don't watch – I haven't watched baseball since the 93 World Series with Joe Carter. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been a fan of basketball, really. And if I've, I watch college football. But, um, yeah, the, the, the Philly uh, – I've gotten into fist fights with own fans for 
them being absolutely crazy. Um, but at the mm-hmm. same time, I mean, when they're winning, it's good. <laughs> when mm-hmm. they're losing, it's uh, get out of the way. Who's but, your college football team there? Is it like like Temple? Uh, I do like all the local teams, but my uh, Penn State okay. and uh, Notre Dame are my two teams. Gotcha. Roll Tide. He just yeah. likes all the he just likes all the good teams. That's what it is. I mean, I, yeah, I have the good teams. I, I grew up, I grew up a Yankees fan. Oof. You're also a Canadians fan, and now you're an Alabama fan. One thing oh, all yeah. those teams have in common is they're very good. Let me guess, yeah. you like Duke's men's Duke men's basketball? No, yeah. actually, I like Syracuse <laughs> men's basketball. The winning winning column there. Yeah, I like, I like Syracuse men's basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, Bayheim, you see what he said to a reporter? That was one of the most electric things I've ever seen. Did you see that interview? Bayheim no. got in trouble because uh, some guy, some reporter said like, "Hey, why didn't you try this rotation or whatever?" And Jim Beheim goes, he goes, well, I don't know. Like, I'm not going to take my advice from someone who's five foot three and can't play basketball. And he mm. said this in an interview. And I was like, oh my God, that guy just got body bagged. That's not good. But now, I don't question Jim Beheim, I guess. I'm going to go into a bit of hockey here because it is a hockey podcast. Mm. Um, question for you, Jesse. So, the Flyers, I've noticed over the years, at least since I've been younger. They always seem to be like do this trend. So like one year they're really good, which would have been last year, and then the next year they're kind of like barely shit. making the playoffs. No, no, not 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 shit. Like barely making the playoffs, like around like an eight seed. You know what I mean? Like uh, right. or or a wild card team now in the now f- format and all that stuff. So is that what do you think causes that with the Flyers? Like they seem to be like really good. Like again, going back to last year, outstanding. And this year, it's proving to be true again. They're like in fifth. They're in fifth place right now. They're not terrible, but they're not the worst, they're not the best team in the division. Uh, I know this year is also it's a weird year because it's a really strong division. But yeah, I would I would I think there's a lot of factors to that equation. I think it's uh, they are. I like to call them like a machine team, where if you know you take one cog out of the machine, it doesn't work. I think they've they've grown to uh to be that way way too much. And I mean when when the COVID when COVID hit in the beginning of the season, a couple of defensemen were hurt and you know, we got seven seven of our star players were out with COVID, you know. It was like scramble time and yeah, you know, and they, they also they also do a lot of old school methods that I, I personally don't think work, like the dump and chase. And you know they have they have defense problems. I mean, you could take your pick with. I mean, there's there's a lot of issues that come with the Flyers right now. When they're vibing, they're they're hot. But I mean, they're uh, they're really struggling right now. And you know, even the past years, you're right. Like they'll they'll be really good one year, and then the next year, you kind of think that it's not the same team. So. Yeah, like, and then the Flyers also um, last year was last year the year before you guys signed Kevin Hayes. Um, yeah. Do you like his that signing or do you not like it? I know like it's, it's very like some people love it, some people hate it. So the Kevin Hayes signing, yeah. Um, I, this is going to be very Philly sport ish. <laughs> um, I I love it. I like it when he's scoring, but uh, but when he's not, he's he's really not. So I mean, I I wasn't a fan of the signing when it first happened because uh, to be honest, I didn't really know too much about him. I just know that he was kind of bouncing around. Um, when he, I don't, 
I categorize him and Phil Kessel in the same uh, category. They're kind of like hot dog eating, beer drinking hockey players. And I don't know how they do what they do, but sometimes, you know, Kevin Hayes can be a, a one-man power play kill one-handed. And uh, then sometimes the puck will be about two feet in front of him and he'll just skate away from it. So, I mean, there's pluses and minuses would come with him. But I think right now it's starting to – the minuses are outweighing the plus. So, I, 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 in all honesty, I don't think I'm a fan of the Kevin Hayes signing altogether. I mean, I think he's a great player. I just think, like, they kind of overpaid for him. I don't yeah. think he's worth – I don't think he's worth $7.5 million a year. He's got That's, He's got – 20 points and he kills penalties. Yeah. 20 points in 25 games offering that kind of that kind of value is pretty rare to find that you're going to find a guy like that. But so, yeah. he does he does go hot and cold, I'll give you that, but when it comes to uh there's a big thing when it comes to and I I, I hate to keep promoting my our podcast but uh me and my cousin are in Flyers Alley we and we literally keep stats out of everything that we do because our main point is one person, Steve Mason. Steve Mason was with the Flyers and was rated, uh, I think the, the last year he was with the Flyers, he was still rated the best goalie in the league, I think, or one of the top goalies in the league. And he was literally getting the, the, the breaks beat off him almost every game. So when it comes down to like stats, you know, stats are one thing, but like play is another thing, but personally to us. So when, when you say Kevin Hayes has, he has the points and such, but we're still losing. I mean, he has the, he has the ability to be an amazing, an amazing player and a role model for the young guys on the team, but he just doesn't seem to be wanting that role and showing up, earning his paycheck. If that makes sense, I mean, what evidence do you have for that? I mean, just watching him and eye test. I would say, yeah. I mean, it sounds it sounds stupid. It sounds like something that that you can't really. You know, I, I know he's an amazing player, and I know that he can be an amazing player. I just wish that he would show up when he when he does. I mean, you know, he may be a player that's under the radar, but that's not his, like, character. I feel like he could be an all-star in Philly, and I just don't think he's playing to his full potential. Yeah, I mean, third on the team in points. Uh, I don't know. That's a, that's tough. But uh, yeah. one, one person I had a question about, if you don't mind, that is kind of like – what about Neil or uh, about Patrick Nolan Patrick? Uh, because he like that's... he's someone who seemed like like the rapper who was like coming up and then all of a sudden just kind of plateaued and stayed there. Whereas yeah. he is he like is the is it done on him? Is that I mean he's minus nine? That's a tough look. But they just he just signed that contract too, didn't he? Yeah, um, Patrick is a <laughs> difficult subject. Yeah. Um, when when in I think it was like. Last year, when we were in the playoffs, and you know, it's 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 such a different it's such a difficult thing to say because you kind of don't want to be a dick and be like kind of like the Oscar Lindblom situation right now. Uh, a lot of people don't want to hurt people's feelings because neither one of them are really like playing to their full ability. Uh, Nolan Patrick was supposed to be like the next like big hype, and mm-hmm. you know he scored in a uh, the uh, shootout the other night, which is phenomenal, but. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I think it's time. I, I said it a while ago. I think it's time to start shopping him around, but I mean, then you sign him and yeah. <laughs> what did he get? He, Six I, don't by see, eight? I, don't see, I believe so. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't think uh, that's another, there's a lot of guys on the team that I think that, that could be 
better, obviously, but I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, the lines and, you know, what, what uh, Elaine Vigneault is doing and what his, his old, um, his history with, with new players. He doesn't really like rookies and young players. He likes kind of vets. So I feel like a, a lot of things are, like I said, a lot, there's a lot of equations to our factors to the equation. So, I mean, they're just not, they're not vibing. None of the, none of the players that should be vibing are vibing right now. And then uh, my last question, at least about the flyers, cause I'm a sharks guy. What do you think of Justin Braun? <laughs> you guys can he have him back. Yeah, he's the he's the kind of guy. Where... I'm a, see, I was a Sharks fan too. I used to, uh, when Evander Kane and Carlson got on the team, I, I gave up on the Sharks. Yeah, why? Um, well, I well, you're starting to see Carlson uh, rear his his head now, and mm-hmm. I kind of called that a while ago. He's kind of a nightmare mm-hmm. when it comes to stuff like. But I, I also can't blame him. I mean, yeah, you, know, you don't know what happens behind closed doors with contract signings and such. So I mean, I'm sure. Um, the GM when they were getting him was didn't say hey so like didn't know in a couple of years we're gonna have to rebuild I mean mm-hmm. you know so yeah well they, they just, gave up too much to not resign him so right they needed him but yeah but they, he hasn't I don't, I haven't like I said I haven't watched him I don't know what he what his performance is like now I've seen reels you know highlights and such I haven't seen anything like phenomenal but I know he's a great player yeah. I mean he's Evander like Kane is too he just he's left a bad taste in my mouth so I don't like him either. Carlson's the epitome of like good, but not 11 and a half million good. He's been nah, good these no. last few weeks. He's finally healthy, but we can talk. About yeah. That yeah. Now, this, this Flyers team is interesting because they remind me a lot of like, and not to be, I don't know how to put this without sounding rude, but like an average team that just had a ridiculous streak from a goaltender last year where Carter Hart this year, he's had a tough year. He'll figure it out. I'm sure. But numbers, I, I think it goes. I think it goes deeper than than Carter Hart. And and the thing is, is Philadelphia. You know, Philadelphia runs people out of the town. But the, uh, it seems to be with hockey. Uh, they 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 get the young guys, and the young guys like the goaltenders are the, the perfect example. Anthony Stolarz was the first one they did it to. He came up there in a playoff that when we were in a, a run for the playoffs, and they expected a guy that's never even played in NHL before yeah. to come up and be, be a miracle worker. Well, this time it ended up being Carter Hart, and it was it was it worked almost. But at the same time, like he's 21, 22 years old, the second year in, in the in the NHL, and you expect him to be like a Carey Price, or you know, it's just yeah. not it's not going to happen, and it's going to ultimately lead to him. You know, he's young, he's impressionable, and I, I think a lot of it has to do with the, the offense and the, and the and the goalies. They don't they don't trust the defense, and they shouldn't, and it's not vibing, so everybody's playing every position, and it's just not working. Who was the other goalie that that they, that Philly did this to? Was it Brzgalov? Brzgalov was a was a mess. I can't yeah. even. But was, that was uh, like the ugly one, right? Wasn't there like yeah. an ugly story? Was, yeah, he got like yelled at after a game or something. Every yeah, goalie ever at, in Philadelphia. Yeah, <laughs> he, yeah right. <laughs> he uh, Brzgalov was kind of like out of his mind. I think maybe Bobrovsky is the one you're thinking about. Hey, we shouldn't have let let go of him, but um, you know, I don't. I think it's above and beyond like Carter Hart trying to figure it out. I think they need the the big trade that they've been talking about is the Arvidsson and uh, Ekholm trade from Nashville for Gustafson and Gosses Bear, and I think a third round draft pick. But I don't yeah, know if that tough. really fixes that's your tough. problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
Montreal is also apparently going to trade for Lacombe, so we'll see what happens with that. Hey, I'll take uh, I'll take Shea Weber for the entire defense. Absolutely not. <laughs> I love Shea Weber's probably my favorite captain of all time. He's such a badass. I love that dude. He's yeah. I, I think he's going to retire in Montreal. That's just usually how they are with their captains. If they if they give you the C, if you're not if you're not American born, they'll keep you forever. How'd you feel about getting rid of uh, Max Domi? I like Anderson so far in the trade. So I think so far so good. Um, I found Domi. Like, I like Domi as a player. He had a lot of heart. He he openly said he didn't want to play on the wing and there was no room for him at center anymore. So the trade worked. Like he would have been playing fourth line. He's too good to play on the fourth line if he would have stayed in Montreal. Um, so overall, like I think the trade work, worked out in the end. He's Anderson so far has been looked really good. He has a lot of grit. He scores goals. Um, I like, yeah, so I think overall the trade's a wash, and if you really go back on it, we basically got Josh Anderson for Galchenia, so. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm gonna not a fan, Derby. Yeah, I'm not going to complain too much about that. Um, but yeah, another person in Philly that I wanted to ask about was Ghost Despair, Ghost Despair? Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> it seems like every time you guys ask, it's like, Shit, that guy. There's so many it's, of those guys. Every yeah, well, it's that, that's all the other like no one cares about Van Riemsdyk leading the team and yeah, JVR it's, 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 was it's, on the chopping yeah. block a couple months ago. Yeah, so yeah, I mean like the the Gosses pair seems to be involved in every defenseman trade rumor out there for the yeah, last like always. two years. It's like right. So. What's his story? Like, is he good? Is he no good? Like, what's going on? So with he him? he came. He came I, – I can't for – I should know this, but I think he came from Florida. Um, I forget how we got him. It was a Hextall deal, I think, or some sort. Um, he um, – his first year was amazing. It was – I remember you were scream, screaming at the TV, give it the ghost, because every time he was at the point, he hit the pocket and went in every single time. And I think what happened with him was, is obviously the league's going to find out. Every player's going to be like, okay, well – double coverage that guy and uh that's what happened and i think it it he took a hit mentally from it uh and he just hasn't been the same i think he's starting to come back now and i still don't think he's gonna ever be the same again but he's he's good ish it reminds me almost of tyler myers after his rookie year like his his rookie year in buffalo he came into the league dominated like a lunatic and then after that like he had a really bad sophomore slump and then never recovered from it. It seems. I would I would say that would be that, that would be the excuse. I mean and I mean COVID hit him really hard, and uh, a lot a couple players on the team are saying that um, you know they're not one hundred percent like Travis Konechny. He uh, he's saying how he's not one hundred percent. He's taking short shifts because of it. Um, I mean I can only imagine Oscar Lindblom just uh, you know fighting well, yeah. sarcoma. He had COVID and he's, you know, and, and that, that's another reason this, this shows you that Philly fans are, they're brutal. They're loyal, but they're brutal. And a lot of people are calling for Limblom to be traded. Um, it's, it's the, the hard decision that nobody wants to make. So, I mean, it's tough. I mean, there's a lot of excuses you could use for a lot of the players and ghost is one of them, but I think it's time uh, for ghost to go somewhere else. So you, you talk a lot about, and this is again, like people think people in California where I'm from are all fair weather fans. You're not going to offend hockey. me, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, but if, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, 
what's one word if you could to describe Philly sports fans like the caricature of what people think of Philly sports fans what's one word you would use it's impossible to to say one word I mean yeah but like a phrase whatever like uh, for me it'd be like everybody's fair weather fans which is what everyone thinks of us I I I say that they're loyal yeah definitely loyal it is loyal but it's a, it's not it's not the Webster's dictionary definition of loyal. Um, I'm also my my uh, wife's family got me. I'm a mummer. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the with the mummers parade in Philadelphia. It's uh, it happens every New Year's Day. Um, it's a big South Philly tradition. Look it up. It's it's hard for me to. I don't think there's enough time to even talk about what it is. But um, you know I'm, I'm I've been involved with that for almost the past ten years. And uh, it's it's just South Philly is a whole other world. It's 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 a uh, it's a fam. Everybody's family. Everybody's you know. It's just it's, it's hard to describe. And what, what comes with that? Everyone being so close and you know having that family orientation and such. It's um they bring it to the sports and they're they're loyal and they're passionate. But with that, I mean they can hate with a passion as well. So I mean trying, you know. I'm trying to think who would be like, who's like the guy in Philly. Like if there's one guy who's on every pub bar window and like a, a picture on the wall, whatever, who's that guy for Philly sports? I would say probably like all of Philly sports. Yeah. I mean, cause like here it's like Joe Montana, right? Jerry Rice. Like those are the okay. guys that are everywhere. I would say probably Bobby Clark. Okay. okay. Um, your any of your broad street bullies. So w- when they won the Stanley cup, at, when they won the Stanley cup, when the Phillies won the world series and when the, the Eagles won the, the Super Bowl, they still said that there was there was ten times the amount of people for when the Flyers won the Stanley Cup two times. Yeah, so I would say Bobby, your Bobby Clark's, your Dave the Hammer Schultz, you know, your Broad Street bullies. I mean, it, it was it's a it's a lifestyle. It's it's not just these aren't just people, and they and they get down with the fans. I mean, they're I've I've met Dave Schultz and Bobby Clark numerous times. They go to every game. I mean. Even the guys we've had on our podcast with interviews that are the most humble, down-to-earth people you've ever met. So, I mean, yeah, I would say Bobby, I would, any of the Broad Street Bullies, any of them. Gotcha. That's interesting. Yeah, because Philly's always been an interesting sports market to me. Kind of the, the antithesis of what I believe should, a sports market should be where I think, I think the loyalty is flipped in Philly from a regular city. I think the loyalty is for the teams, not like the players. Usually, at least where I grew up, it's loyalty for the players. Right. Where, like, you know, Doug Wilson almost got his head put on a spike for trading Patrick Marlowe and for letting him walk. And then the same thing for Joe Pavelski. And then, you know, like, it's that type of thing where someone plays 1,200 games with you, you want them to stick around. Right. You know, a lot more people – it's just funny because that's just, like, such a foreign way of thinking, for me at least, where, like, like it seems like the loyalty lies in different places. And, again, what you said, it's not like the – dictionary definition of loyalty so it's interesting to hear it from someone who's there yeah i mean everything everything that has to do with with philadelphia i mean the lifestyle i mean it's just it's a whole different i've lived on almost every uh uh, state on the eastern seaboard i've lived in florida i've lived in all these states you know and there's nothing that's that compares to philadelphia there's there's nothing it's just it's the city of brotherly love for a reason and it's just it's the best. I mean, but it's also, I'm not a city person. So I'd like to, I'd like to go there and I'd like to be able to leave. So <laughs> I'm not, you know, but it's, it's great. It really is. So. I don't want to sound rude or biased or anything, but I feel like Philly to me almost compares a lot to um, Canadian like 
hockey fans. I feel like Philly is. I've, I've heard that a couple times. Yeah. I feel like Philadelphia is probably the American city that compares the most to a Canadian hockey market. I think. Uh, I was in that conversation R- too. Riley Cote and um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Frank Bialowis. Um, they're pretty. They're pretty close to us, and I think the one thing that they've said the most is that Winnipeg and Toronto's um, fan base are pretty pretty close to because they're both from Winnipeg. They're pretty close to uh, Philadelphia if they were to compare. I don't know if that that would exist mm. now. Probably I think Montreal's. Nowadays. I feel like Montreal's worse than Winnipeg. I, I I I'm a Montreal fan. I grew up in Quebec, but I'm military okay. and I live in um. I live in Manitoba now, so close to Winnipeg. Okay. And I, I feel like Montreal's fan base is a lot more hardcore than than um, Winnipeg's. I think I think the comparison is that they're not as hardcore as Montreal, that they're oh, on okay. par with the other two. At least that's okay. how I took that phrase, unless I'm crazy. Yeah. Well, Toronto's yeah. worse than Montreal. That's why I'm saying saying that. Yeah, I mean, it's all just kind of, I don't know. Or Toronto well, media is worse than Montreal. Tor- Toronto so fans are, themselves are weird. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, Toronto fans himself are, aren't. I don't think that hardcore, but Toronto media is just absolutely insane. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, well, in, in Canada, if you want any news for any team that's not the Leafs, you have to really look for it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but pro yeah, tip: I've never been out there wanting to follow hockey. You want to follow hockey? Follow beat writers on Twitter. That's the yeah. way to follow hockey. The right. I've way. actually, I've actually gotten a. We, we haven't had a Twitter. I actually got on Twitter the past like two months, and that's kind of how we get most of our stuff. Is mm-hmm. the beat writers on there kind of know what to yeah. talk about? Facebook yeah, and like Instagram are kind of like not true ever. So, like, the best way or Reddit. If if you're good at navigating Reddit, you get a lot of stories, but you can get really good stories too. Yeah, yeah I actually didn't know that. I have one. I just don't really use it ever. That's a good. So idea. who's who's your rival? Would it be Boston? Who's your number nah. one rival? Uh, that's always the Penguins. It's the oh, battle, yeah, of battle of Pennsylvania. But I, yeah. I, actually, to be honest with you, I, I used to be a Sidney Crosby hater, mm-hmm. like completely, because his first year was he was he was an absolute mess. I mean, everybody hated him. But um, I don't even mind the guy anymore. <laughs> like a lot yeah. of Philly fans just want to like hang on to that. I'm just I say to my guys all the time, like I just I just don't really feel like there's a there's any uh story there with Crosby anymore dude's just he's an assist master he's he's kind of setting his team up he's he's the, he's a good player so I mean yeah uh, he good his hockey IQ is comparable to none like I, I don't want to you know it just like I, I don't maybe like the only person I can think that has a better hockey IQ of like seeing everything on the ice and doing setting up plays is probably Gretzky I could think of which is yeah but yeah, it's funny with Crosby. I kind of had the same thing where it was for me because I'm a I'm, you know, like more of a general sports guy. So basketball was so big here for so long because the Warriors just went through their run that okay. my whole thing was LeBron James. And I hated LeBron James forever because of the decision and everything he did. And then I was on radio one day and, and a caller actually changed my mind on it and was like, imagine, imagine hating somebody this good like not being right. able to appreciate what he does night in and night out because of some, you know, petty BS that mm-hmm. isn't even real. Like, you know, and that was, I was kind of like, damn, like, that's a good point. Like we're never going to have another player like this. I should probably watch him. Like, so that's, that's, that's a great point. Cause like, I, I don't, I feel like when he first came in the league and then my, like, I wouldn't say knowledge, but my appreciation for the game has completely changed to the point where, 
when when uh mcdavid came in i was like i just i just can't hate this guy like i just can't like when he when he scores on the flyers like i just don't even mind it just yeah. watching him play is just like the most amazing thing on the and face of the earth and and they're, they're those two guys are like the generational talents where it's like it's just different like right like like matthews is a great goal scorer line a has a good shot but like McDavid is McDavid. It's a different. Well, like I, I think that whole that whole grad. I think we call them in Philly the 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 graduation players with like your McKinnon, your uh, McDavid, your Matthews, Crosby, like Hall, all those guys. Those are the like, I think like Crosby and, I would say Matthews and, I I, I kind of don't put McKinnon in that that category because I don't really I don't really know too much about him. But like McDavid and them, they're in a whole different ball game than like Taylor Hall and like Jack Eichel. And oh yeah, it's, it's all because of the teams that they're with. I mean, I feel, but like Taylor Hall is probably the smartest career player on the face oh, of the earth yeah. right now because he's I, I don't know his like obviously relationship status or anything like that, but he just is going from city to city. He stated yeah. that he just I'll just play for whatever team is like down and out and yeah you know, he's doing that and he's doing it right. He's gonna get traded again this year, almost guaranteed. One hundred percent. I think I think yeah. it's already been said that he's uh talking about leaving, wanting to be out again. Yeah. I mean, Eichel will I get traded. Eichel's leaving, right? I think Eichel's he'll get traded in the off season, but I think Eichel's, there's no Eichel's fluke to him being hurt. Much. Yeah, I think there's yeah, no probably. no fluke to him being hurt right now. Um. You know, so the pe- the Penguins do it with Crosby. The uh, Capitals do it with uh, Ovechkin and Oshie when they're creeping up to the uh, playoffs. You know, they rest in them, and yeah, you know, I think they're going to showcase Eichel in a couple weeks. Oh no, he I think he's out indefinitely now with the upper body. So I know speaking all about the of indefinitely. Uh, speaking of uh, generational players and stuff like that, there was the kid he uh, played his first game in the WHL last night. Um, his name is Connor Bedard. He's 15 oh, yeah. years old. He's 15 years old. Mm. He scored two goals and got one assist last night. <laughs> he's the youngest player. Years. He's the youngest player to do that since Connor McDavid in the CHL. Yeah, there's like what? There's like eight or ten guys that have gotten that exception. It's like Tavares and like Tavares, all these like ridiculous Tavares, players. McDavid, Shane Wright, uh, McDavid, Crosby. Um. Gretzky was the first one to ever get it. Yeah, so some decent players. Uh, so this guy should Mark, be, When is he draft eligible? Two years? 17? Yeah, uh, yeah 17. Same year as Shane Wright. So 2022 draft. Or 23 draft. Gonna be, yeah. They're going to be failing. The, uh, the, they, I remember a random story, but uh, one year the 49ers are up for the number one overall pick and Reggie Bush was available. Who ended up being a bust, by the way. But he, uh, the the two worst teams in the league played the last game of the season. It was the Niners and the Texans, and the loser got the number one overall pick, and um, and they called it the Bush Bowl, and it was a whole thing, and they like had a whole build up to it. They had marketing around it, and then he didn't even go number one overall. It was like the biggest letdown ever. But anyways, yeah. Side, no. side note. So this guy, uh, this guy, well, that draft's going to be insane. They have Shane Wright, who's exceptional status. And then they also have this guy who's exceptional status. And now the 2022 draft from reading right now. And they also have a Brad Lambert too, who's a young guy out of, he's playing in Finland. He's, he's Finnish. His parents are Canadian, but he's yeah. Like there's three all-star centermen who are coming up in that draft. who are going to be insane. Yeah. And then there's also two. Oh, go ahead. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, that 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 draft is going to be insane. There's the top five for that draft already looks like NHL ready, and they're all like 15 years old. So, mm-hmm. so, so last question for you uh, about the Flyers' actual last question. So you had a cup run. You you lost. It was to it was to LA, right? Did you lose to LA in the in the Cup Finals? Or am I crazy? Uh, Chicago, 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 not LA. Those they kind of blend together. Those few years when the Sharks were you know bad, but so that year. Is it? It's funny because I always tell people that when the Sharks made it, I looked at the teams and I'm like, well, we're not better than Pittsburgh. Like, there's no way we're gonna win. Nah, that was right? tough. I'm like, if we win, it'll be lucky. <laughs> that, was so, that was so tough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is that how you were going into that series? It, I, I was, I would say, yeah, yeah, hopeful, I would say, yeah. but. Like yeah, I mean, realistic. You, you got you got to be realistic. I mean, <laughs> uh, with with that Sharks, thing, I, I like I said, I, I am a Sharks fan. I just I, I really just don't like Kane, and you know, I, I just I just don't like either one of those guys. But um, Kane's the best yeah. player on the team this year, which is like the best storyline too. He's I'm like leading the team in Hurdle every category. Oh yeah, I think oh, yeah. I, I love Hurdle, but um, yeah. With that game, with the with the, it's it's hard to be the because the Flyers had good players during that, during that uh, that run, and you know a lot of the podcasts I listen to uh, that talk about that all the time is like that was the team uh, that that there hasn't been a team since then that was that, that could have done what they did, and uh, I think that's true. They were stocked, they they were filled with uh, talent, and yeah, but but. When you go up against the, the Blackhawks at that time, it's like there's not a team yeah. in the world that's going to do that. So, I mean, yeah, no, it's yeah, you got to say, like you said, you, you, you're a Sharks fan. You went through that. I went through the same thing during that, that playoff. It was the first time in the finals. Like, hey, they're going to do it. Then, like, you know, you start seeing them play and you're like, they're totally not going to do this. Like, it's yeah. the realistic, the realistic feeling sets it. So, yeah, no, I would say, uh, yeah, though. Yeah, with the it's funny because everyone, all Sharks fans, the one thing I will say about them, everyone has excuses. Where Vlasic got hurt, Hurdle got hurt, you know, Couture got hurt. Everyone has an excuse for everything. And I'm like, no, we got beat by Vancouver, Chicago. Like, we got beat by wagons. These are good teams. Like, right. we just weren't good enough. Like, it's just, I, I think a lot of goes. people forget that, you know, a lot, and a lot of people say, like you guys said, that uh, the East Coast right now is, is a tough division. Excuse me. That, um, you know, I, I think a lot of people forget that the West Coast hockey is so much different than the East Coast. Oh. And where, when you have the physicality, which is leaving the sport on the East Coast, um, the West Coast is so fast. It's it's so unreal to watch. And when um, that was the only thing that actually surprised me about uh, that series with uh, Pittsburgh and uh, during that final was that I, I thought the Sharks were going to come out just speed and it just didn't happen, but I wasn't there's our definitely, team that year. Well, I mean that that um that they have so many good players. It's you know you guys had Marlowe, you got and you know you had Burns and yeah you, you guys. I think it was yeah. the goal. You guys have had a goalie situation. I feel like since like yeah. Archer Urbe. Yeah. So, no, we had yeah. That's what I said. That's what I always say is you know it's a very interesting formula you need to win the Stanley Cup. You need to have a limit of injuries. You need to have two or three guys in the bottom six start scoring. And you need to have a goaltender that is unreal. You literally have to have the best goaltender in the world for that two-week right. stretch or whatever that the finals is. And 
Sharks have just never gotten it. And it, it is what it is. You know, it's was a that, tough pull to swallow. Was that, was that Dell or Jones? Was it, it was Jones? Jones. Yeah. yeah. It was Jones, I, and it was Pete like Jones. second year. Yeah, I, I like Jones. Jones is the worst goalie in the league. He's gonna, he's gone. There's no. No, way. I, I, he that, back then though, that was that wasn't oh, he was that nasty. long ago. Yeah, <laughs> that it was, was 2016. Yeah, yeah, last fun fact because I like to get derailed, but that 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 Stanley Cup, I was in North Carolina doing an internship, and so I was in North Carolina, and that you know NHL is not big in California, but it's even less big in North Carolina. I'm thinking, and oh, yeah. I'm trying to watch this game in a bar. Right. And so I, I walk in in a shark's jersey and a hat oh, and God. I'm like, oh. and, you know, I'm not I'm not like sitting in the middle like, hey, give me the big screen. I'm in the corner with the 32 inch. And I'm like, yo, just let me watch the game here. Like, please, let me just have this TV. They're like, yeah, 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 no problem. So I change it to it. And I'm sitting there. I get up to go to the bathroom. They put on the Little League World Series. They had a Little League qualifier <laughs> that they put on over the Stanley Cup. And I came back and I'm like, man, can we not like I'm one man. guy here. Come on. Like. I'm giving you patronage for hopefully seven games. Like, can we please watch this? Right. And yeah, it was pretty funny. After that, I was like, I don't want to go through that again. So I just listened to it. But yeah, that was you, uh, that was tough. But you got to be by a better team. It is what it is. You be you being the Sharks fan, I, I could ask you, uh, how how do you like Curtis Gabriel? I like him. He's uh, I, like kind of like you said, the physicality is leaving. I don't know if he offers enough other than that. But buckle, um, buckle I do up, like him. buckle yeah, up. I do like him. He uh. He played one game. So I, uh, I, I work for the Barracuda, the Sharks minor league team. Mm-hmm. And he played one game for us and was way too good for the AHL. I will say that. Like, he was down there, and it could have just been one game, but he was killing everybody. He, like, basically knocked <sighs> the dude out in the fight, scored a goal. Like, he was really good in the one game. I think he had a Gordie Howe. He definitely game. didn't do that on, on the East Coast. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I actually – we – I have a person – if you guys have time, I, I have a, a story about me and him. Um, I, and I, I should say, I don't know that much about him. He's a newer guy. Oh, I know, I just I know a good him. amount about, about yeah. that guy. Um, so, we um, – for a while, we were doing, like, a lot – trying to get, like, as many interviews as possible. And, you know, I stumbled across Curtis Gabriel because in camp, you know, I'd seen him. I did my research on him. You know, he was an up-and-coming enforcer. And I, I have a soft spot for enforcers. I love them. They're awesome. Um, so he, he gets hurt in camp, and no one really knows what's going to happen with him. So I reach out on Instagram, and I finally get his email, and I start talking to him about coming on the Flyers Alley. He's like, yeah, I'll come on the Flyers Alley, but I don't want to talk about the Flyers. I said, okay, so, like, I, I can't do this. <laughs> like, I don't know what, what, you, what you would like to do. So um, – I so we're still talking. I'm like, so I'm trying to explain to you, like, I don't really have anything else to like, I'll talk about your career and such coming up in the minors and you know what you did before, but then we're going to stop at the flyers at probably like 20 minutes to a half hour in the, in the interview. He's like, oh, okay, well maybe, maybe it didn't, you know, didn't need to happen. So I get an email when he gets traded to the sharks and he, Hey man, you still up for that interview? <laughs> like, well, no, I mean, flyer, it's yeah. flyers alley. I can't, I, mean, I can't sell like, you know, mm-hmm. you over there, he got very belligerent. <laughs> he was not very happy with anything. He just—he was a very difficult person to uh, to to mesh with, I would say. And he supports a lot of things that are cool. And he was a cool person to like talk to. It's always cool to talk to him. But he was a very very difficult individual. And I don't know if it had to do with the contract negotiation that happened, you know, between the Sharks and him. But like, he was very uncooperative. <laughs> 
So uh, he has very ill will towards the Philadelphia organization. So he can also be a nightmare. So I just wish you guys the best of luck. I saw him fight Ryan Reeves the other night. That's that's some balls to do that. (laughs) Ryan Reeves is the player that reminds me of how you feel about man. He (laughs) reminds me of how you feel about Evander Kane. Oh, you don't like him? I just I think that I don't dislike him. I don't dislike any players. I just think that his his style of play isn't supported anymore. I think that if he I think he needs to in five years I don't think there'll be a Ryan Reeves left in the league. I think he's like a He's like a shitty version of Tom Wilson. I don't think he yeah, gets he any tried shittier to kill than Tom, Tom Wilson. Wilson. Well, no, it's Tom, to... Tom, Tom Wilson at least scores points. That's true. He scores like, more think, than Reeves. I think the, the prototypical enforcer, to bring it back to someone you hate, is going to be Evander Kane, someone who's good but can also do that. Because Evander Kane on most nights is our quote-unquote sheriff. Right, I which think, sucks because oh. if you get him off the ice, that's our leading point getter off the ice. But right. I think that's where it's going. Where I think the best, like prototypical one, is one that I love from the Sharks, and then ended up going where New Jersey, New York, where it was Ryan Klo, where Klo mm. could give you twenty goals on the third line, fifteen goals on the third line, and he was still the toughest sob on the ice. So I think that the, was my favorite. I think the way hockey's going now, the new prototypical enforcer is defenseman. It's going to be a defenseman just because of the nature of how you guys like out. that idea. No. Yeah. You have less. Now, no, off- no offense. Now, is it, is it weird for me to say that I expected uh, Liam to say yes and Chad to say no? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I should say no because all of our good players are defensemen on the Sharks. But well, um, <laughs> arguably the same Montreal, or at least our are better players, but like are also our toughest players are defensemen. Like you look right. at Ben Sherratt, who he's a, he's a team sheriff. Like Ben Sherratt is our sheriff. Then we have Joel Edmondson, who's also a sheriff, two defensemen, right? So you have them going to police the game, and then they're also our biggest players, and then nobody fucks with them. For, no, for they, they take up they take up the lion's share of the ice time. You have six guys playing the same amount as twelve guys. So right. I, I I would much rather have one. It, there's there's a reason that a lot more times you see seven defensemen getting dressed than 13 forwards. Defensemen are more important, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. So, but, I mean, would you got your guys' top goal scorers and such? I mean, do you – don't you think they'd like to be protected? Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I like, like enforcers. The I think enforcer getting rid of the enforcer role and making the sport what it's turning into is, one, you're going to lose a lot of ratings. In the United States, at least, one hundred percent. Canada, uh, I know, I, even more. I know that. Well, I'm just saying, I don't know about I don't know about Canada. How Can, you guys... Canada, Canada, even more. Why, like why do you think it would lose ratings? Just because stars would get it's, hurt? I mean, well, first off, it's if you put a poll up and ask people. I mean, you've seen them. Who, who wants? Who would rather want fighting and the enforcer role taken out of hockey? You're you're looking at more people saying they would like it to stay in the sport than than mm. people that would want it out. Yeah. I mean, if no. people, I don't think a lot of people understand that the, the enforcer role is something that's needed. I mean, do you think Wayne Gretzky enjoyed having McSorley and Dave Semenko around? Mm-hmm. But I mean, I mean it's, not, it's not the NHL. That's, the yeah. NHL it's not is not the players. The players. Yeah, but, but it's not the players, but it's the team. Because now enforcers have to do a lot more. There's no more Scott Parkers in the league. There's I no think, more. Yeah, just goons. Be, I mean, 
Yeah. I think Scott the new, Parker was a great guy. The new enforcer, quote unquote, yeah. is going to be now power forwards. Because you have the power yeah. forwards. You have, you have guys who can play, who can score goals, but who can also fight. You don't want to fuck with them. A uh, perfect example of that would be Josh Anderson, who did last night or two nights ago, sorry, fought Milan Lucic. Like, yes, he got his ass kicked, but he still fought Milan Lucic. He answered the bell. Yeah. And like the team came to play after that. And I like, that, that was a brutal, like, the, the team barely lost the game, and they did play two games in less than 24 hours, which is insane. Like, well, I think so like, I think you can make an argument, too, with, with the whole enforcer thing that it is almost an impossible situation for the NHL because what, because what they don't want to happen, the worst thing that can happen is what happened to Sidney Crosby, where he had to sit out for a year because he got ran from behind and his head smashed into the boards and all that happened, and you can say like, oh, but trying to explain to a casual fan that the reason that happened is because there weren't as many fights is an absurd argument to anyone who doesn't understand hockey. Right. So I, I it, think it, that it's, there it's like was um, an impossible spot. I think it I was. Think, big, I'll go I was gonna say, I think the biggest problem with the whole enforcer thing right now isn't true hockey fans; it's the fair weather fans from markets who aren't 100% hockey markets. It's the, I'm sorry, Chad, but it's a lot of like the California fan bases who aren't hardcore fans. You play, Montreal plays a more skill game than anybody. What are you talking no, about? No, 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 no. California fans. <laughs> no, 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 not, not like the Sharks, like, not like the actual, like go to every game, like actual follow fans, but like the stereotypical California fans or like the stereotypical Arizona fans the, or the, the stereotypical only, the only... Florida fans, right? Like the, the people who don't, the people who aren't like true hockey fans who don't know the game very well, who are just like see a couple highlights and like they're like, oh, fighting is violent. Get that off the TV. Like, no, but there's, there's just as many people who go for the fights. Right. So, but that's like, what I call. I think that's negligent. I think that that works itself out. Like, right. I but think I the think, I think the problem are the people who are like my mom that is don't understand. Example. Like my mom loves she hockey is my mom's sport. Right. She watches awesome. probably 70 Sharks games a year. Right. Like almost right. everyone. And she hates the fighting. She thinks it's too violent and she likes it, but she likes the guys and doesn't want to see someone skating off with blood on their face. Like that's the problem. Cause there's the casual fans. I think that works out in a wash. I think that, and I think it's head injuries. And I think it's, you know, now that we know so much about concussions, it's hard to see someone. I don't think there's a single guy in the world, especially if you're around hockey and you know, these players, you see someone get one punched on an ice rink. It is not a fun time. No, like, also he, not the reason why, not the number one reason for concussion protocol either, though. Yeah. And that was proved by CTE specialists. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, fighting isn't at all, but it is, you know, it's <laughs> like, oh, this sport is too violent. The reason it's, it's, that again, the, it's, it's the, right? the main reason that, that guys get concussed is because I feel like those guys aren't allowed to do their job anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have these guys. And um, like, you know, I think it was Dave Schultz that said, you know, Sidney Crosby, his first season, he got hurt way too much. And, you know, he did get cheap shot. And if there was someone, wouldn't he like to be protected? I mean, everybody would. And they're trying to take that, you know, the Flyers, they're having the, the issue right now is, I think it was last night they were playing the Capitals. And, you know, there was stuff, I can't even describe how bad it looked. Victoria was getting elbowed straight on his face. He was back, on, his back was on the ice. Guy was on top of him. He was just dropping elbows on him. No call. And not one of the Flyers stepped up and, you know, went after the guy that just took out their top, uh, you know, yeah. top guy. No one's, no one's doing that years. anymore. 
Toronto, that's that's why I think Toronto is a good team this year is because they got the Wade and Simmons and oh, well, know, I would, they, they I have would, the guys. I would, I'd sell my house to get Wayne Simmons back in Philadelphia. Yeah, I know. I no, mean, he's, he's the best. It's, it's just interesting because the game is evolving. And, you know, if they made a rule where, like, every time you fight, you get a one-game suspension, like, that's different. That's the NHL being like, we don't want fighting. But they'd but, still do it. <laughs> yeah, but the players, but the players vote for fighting and they get to keep it. Like, right. there was a poll a couple of years ago that was, like, 97% of players wanted fighting to run. Yeah. Isn't like, the so AHL trying to get rid of fighting? So, I AHL thought it was the WHL got rid of it or checking or something. No, the, the AHL just implemented a few years ago the 10 fight rule. Yeah, that's where, what it was. Yeah, but, but that I think that makes the game better because you're implementing if a guy has more than 10 fight, on his 11th fight, he has to sit out a game. On his 12th fight, he has to sit out a game. So they're just trying to take the 35 fight guys out of the AHL, which is fine with me. What are they? That's a good idea. That's a good I, idea. Yeah. I forget what who it was, but they, they had him on a, a different podcast, and they're telling the story. It's some AHL guy, and apparently, like he, somebody he did a dirty hit on one of his teammates, and he goes up to the guy who hit him. He's like, "I have nine fights left. I'm using them all on you." Yeah. That was uh, that was Trent Frederick. Yeah, yeah. that was yeah. on uh, oh, I forget what that. I was on spitting chicklets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. That kid's. I mean. He tried to pull that shit with uh, Ovechkin, and he got hit in the balls with with the stick. <laughs> um, I think I did say on, on Twitter the other day. I think Trent Trent needs to go up against like he's. I mean, he fought Tom Wilson that night, I believe. Yeah, that kid's got balls. I mean, he's 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 yeah. he's a nut. I like that. Yeah, fighting does yeah. give some great memories. Like one of my favorite memories was watching Ryan Getzlav and Joe Thornton fight off the face off in a playoff yeah. game. They just drop the gloves at 20 minutes, and I'm like, okay, well, I guess this is how it's gonna go. But like, yeah, the they don't like the stage. Yeah, like, the stage like the fights are the ones. And, yeah, but those ones are no. like, but so like, I don't, I don't see the point in. I can't even think of another like Ty Domi matching up with Scott Parker, where like both these guys, not Ty Domi, but someone who's gonna get three minutes of ice time a night. Like, we don't need them on the team. Like, we just don't. If we have one fight every five games instead of three every five games. And players are as protected. There's a rock. There's a rock. Like yeah, yeah. the guy was useless. Like I, I he, he was a great fighter, but like he was useless. Marty McSorley almost killed a guy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. No. Yeah. I could talk about fighting all day long, but there's other stuff going on in the NHL. Yeah, sorry um, about that. <laughs> no, no, no worries. Like, like I said, I could talk about it all day long, but. Um, Sticking with the Eastern Division, there's two streaks going on right now in the East that are pretty interesting. The Islanders on an eight-game winning streak, which is one. Great. What do you <laughs> – I know you don't want to talk about the Islanders. As, uh, well, what do you think of the Islanders in their hot streak? I, I said last year during the playoffs when it started, that we, start, obviously we started with Montreal, which I didn't, I didn't think we were getting out of that, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, a hot carry price is scary, which I feel like certain people don't like to agree that carry price is deadly when he's hot. Every goal is deadly when they're hot. Anti Niemi won his family cup. I was a huge fan of Niemi. <laughs> I was a huge fan. <laughs> I was um, a huge fan until he was on the Sharks. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, I, I think you're going to see that uh, that winning streak come to an end soon. Um, Anders Lee's out for the rest of the season, I think. It is yeah, indefinitely. Um, they're also, I like to use the, the term steam team 
Um, but they are the most deadly team, I feel like, on the uh, on on the East Coast. They 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 can do anything. Um, well, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you can okay. get. It. I I didn't. Okay. Yeah, and I was gonna say like, with that as well. Um, Barzell, he seems to be just like lighting up. These highlights still the nastiest goal of the year. That's I mean I know we talked about it on last week's podcast. I'm going to talk about it every week for the rest of the year. Yeah, he's nasty, man. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that that was insane. Um, Yeah, so the Islanders are hot. They're doing really well now. Another streak that's not as hot, but you can call it like a dumpster. Well, I guess a dumpster fire is warm too. I guess it's going to be that way. Uh, The Buffalo Sabers on their ten game losing streak. That's crazy. I, I can't even I can't even talk smack on the Buffalo Sabres because they almost beat us the other night. They but shouldn't they, have, but know. they didn't. But they didn't. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> and like I said, I like to be realistic. You know, I, I know that they're absolute garbage right now. Um, and, but they still, you know, I, I, Buffalo's having a rough, rough, rough go at it right now. Fifteen and, players uh, asked for a trade. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. I guess it's worse than what I just said. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, we have them at the end of this week. Uh, I think at the end of the month again, twice. Um, I kind of hope that they keep going downhill, you know, because we need the points. But it, it sucks for your uh, your Jack Eichel and your uh, Taylor Hall, I guess. I mean, yeah, they, it's it's weird though because they have the best power play kill I think in the league, but the rest of their team is just absolute garbage. I don't. No, they. Uh... I, yeah, but and then also another thing with Buffalo I wanted to mention was um, they have tickets that came on sale. They're allowing fans to go to the games. I believe it's like one thousand nine hundred sixty-two tickets that came out. They were supposed to go to the season ticket holders. Every single ticket that was supposed to be given to a season ticket holder got declined by season ticket holders. Every single one. Which I guess that sends a message to ownership. Well, That's like, I think it might have to do with the same thing with the Flyers. So we let like 3,500 people in, and it started with season ticket holders. Yeah. At, but they're also making them pay. Right, yeah, but they're, they're going to make them pay. But like all the Sabres, that's what I mean. Like the season ticket holders had first priority. and But like every single one declined it. Like, you know, like at least like you'd expect at least maybe one guy to buy at least one ticket. Zero oh, tickets result. Did you say this is the Sabres? Yeah. Yeah. Ah, wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, but like, like – the, the Sabres are known for having a, a relatively loyal fan base as well. Like they're right. one of the more, I think they're like they rank number one in U.S. markets for watching games on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's the same. We, we were talking about the the American markets that are like Canada. I said you got to put Buffalo on that list. Like, yeah, Buffalo it, has good fans. Yeah, Buffalo, Detroit, Philadelphia, I think yeah. are the top three U.S. markets. Um, not, all, in, well, not 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 in any order. Just Detroit and Buffalo three. are also like a stone's throw from Canada, which is almost right. cheating. Yeah. But how far is Buffalo from the Canadian border? Like an hour? It is the Canadian border. It yeah. is. Okay. Yeah. I've never been there. So, yeah. That yeah. They like, sense. so is Detroit. <laughs> yeah. The, the, Detroit's actually the only place in the U.S. that the border crossing or the city itself is more north than the Canadian city. Oh, okay. Because it's yeah, like, because no, I went to Joe kind Lewis. Of weird. I went to Joe Lewis in the last season. They had it. I had no idea. Like you're in line to get into the Joe, and then you look across, and it's a river, and then Canada. And I was like, "Oh, I get it. Now. Yeah. <laughs> I get why they're so big. <laughs> that makes sense." But um, yeah. yeah, the Sabers. What's tough about the Sabers is you look at the Sharks, or a team that's not like great right now. And you know, I look at the Sharks and say, "We have too much money in defense. We don't have a goalie." I don't know what you say if you're the Sabers. 
Yeah, like, you have a good have, team. You have a good fan base. Like, you're just I not winning. <laughs> well, I don't understand is how their coach hasn't got fired yet after a 10-game losing streak. Well, because it's not Canada. You can lose games and not get fired in America. But there's been some coaches fired. Yeah, I mean, look at last year. I, I'm like, <laughs> I don't like the one got fired and they were in second place. I don't exactly. I don't like the crazy. whole firing the coach for the, the players not playing. That that's that's what bothers me a little bit but, about about stories like that. Like the, the coach isn't on the ice. The coach tells them to do it. If they don't do it, that's their fault. I mean But the, the thing is too also with the Sabres, their coach, he isn't a hockey coach. They, like he, he was a soccer a soccer manager in, in Europe. Like I don't know why they brought him in as the. That's a good idea. That's how, that's what I mean. Like he's a soccer coach. Like I don't understand why he's a hockey guy. I mean, like, if you watch Ted Lasso, it worked for them. Yeah, well, sorry for this... that show, but it's a great show. No, <laughs> I guess I, it's not working for the Sabers. Like I, I think, I think if there's a coach to get fired next after the two last ones that got fired there in the NHL, my money is probably going to be on uh, Kruger in Buffalo. When did he get hired? Uh, a year ago. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they fire him. If they hired him a year ago, it depends. Because, like, Sutter is a pretty obvious, like, Sutter is a pretty obvious, like, you're going to win now with this team and you're not going to be here next season if you don't. But I don't yeah. know if they hired him to, like, start the – it's tough because what happened in Buffalo is pretty simple when you think about it. It's that they had a rebuild, they got good players, and they just weren't good enough. They got, the the rebuild teams, now is, is very, very, very deep. I think I yeah. so many people want out. Yeah. yeah, but I think, but I mean, you look at it in terms of capital. You trade Line, I mean, or not Line, uh, Eichel. Some of those trades they're floating for Eichel could put them in a better spot. Yeah, you get a top prospect and two firsts. Like that's a that's I not th- a bad trade. I think in Buffalo, if they're going to do a coaching change, I think the obvious choice right now is Gerard Gallant. Yeah, yeah, that I'm makes not sense. I mean, ten foot pole. If I'm Gerard Gallant, yeah, like who would want to do it? Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Mike Babcock, right? I mean, yeah, he's desperate enough. Let him do the the, the red wing. I mean, the Claude the, Julien. The, the Sabers are in like a, a hole. There's like a hole in the NHL, and it has the Sabers, the Senators, the Red Wings, and I don't know how the I don't know how the um. I think the Wild, they're bad. I think they're no, bad. Not the no. Wild are really good. The Wild are they are really good this year? They're, they're in second. second place. Oh, Jesus Christ. The Wild, for I tell everyone I ever talk to about hockey about this, Kapriel Kaprizov is going to be a top five player in the NHL in like two years. See, like, I forget that he they're even around. So I don't ever hear anything about them. But, like, that's also an sen- underrated hockey market. Yeah. The Senators are doing actually, like, well, they're not doing good by any means, but they're doing better than expected. What about the Red Wings? They're, ter- they're terrible. <laughs> Actually, it's, a gar- it's, like a, it's like a guaranteed every year. And the only reason Dylan Larkin's there is because he's from Detroit. I mean, you got to go down the, the street o- to the stadium. The only team that's worse than Detroit right now is uh, the Sabres in Ottawa. No, not even Ottawa. Well, Oh, yeah. They have less points, but two games in hand. Yeah. But... Ottawa, yeah. Ottawa's they're nine, they're nine and twenty and one. I would make the argument for the Ducks too. The Ducks I was gonna say that, but I didn't know how you felt about it. Well, the Sharks, the Sharks just played the Ducks and beat them, I think, nine to one over two games. 
Mm. So like, and the Sharks aren't anything crazy either. So I mean, yeah, I think they, the they just beat him three to one, no? Yeah, and they beat him six to nothing the night before in Chase Gibson. So, yeah, I oh, mean, the, the Ducks, stuff. the Ducks are the worst team in the league with a top five goaltender. They had to bring that old school, old school uh, jersey back and give him a little <laughs> bit of push. Yeah, I think bring the Ducks. Charlie think Conway Gibson, back, let him play. I think Gibson has like four shutouts on the year. I'd have to look. I think he's leading the league in shutouts, and they only have eight wins. So he literally has to let in no goals for them to win. <laughs> so that's basically like, how it goes with Gibson. Looking at the NHL right now, um, the average the best team. Yeah. yeah. Box, tr- Not even really uh, close. Toronto. Toronto, maybe. Yeah, I mean, point-wise, the Golden Knights are better, though, I think, aren't they? They have 37 they... points. They have three less points in four less games. 40. So, in, in terms of point percentage, they have the 80, most. 37, 25. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think Toronto is probably one of the better. Toronto and Vegas the top on the top tier. And then after yeah, that, if you else. gave me Toronto, Vegas for a Stanley Cup, I would not bet against it, except for Tampa. Especially because well, Tampa's going to get back. It's going to be. It's going to be uh, the, winner, <laughs> good. the winner of the North and the West playing to get to the final. So. Shout out we to could, the Lightning somehow being in the Central Division, even though they're probably the most Eastern team. Well, the Lightning but, are playing in the Eastern – they're in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, but they're in the Central Division. Yeah. Right. San Diego State was in the Big East for a year. That's how it goes. Well, I guess – no, I guess Tampa is more Central than all the Eastern teams. Yeah, I like guess. All, well, it's just – the Eastern teams are all right next to each other. Yeah, then they're all – they They're all on the East Coast. Except for the thing that's messed up about the Eastern right now is the fact that teams that were bad are, are starting to get better. Yeah. Like like the Rangers are starting. I don't know what the hell happened there, but we play them to, uh, tomorrow. We start, I guess, a little a little series with them tomorrow, and, and they're starting to pick the pace up when we're dying. Let's. I want to play GM for one second. If you're the GM of the Sabres, the Rangers offer you Lafreniere Caco or Capo Caco and a first-round pick. For Jack Eichel, do you do it? Yes. No. Yeah. See, I mean, I don't, I don't think I would do it I either. I don't think I would do that. That's too much. I don't, I don't, that's too much. No, no. If you're the Sabers. Oh, oh. If I'm getting that for Jack, for yeah. Jack Eichel, 100. percent Oh. I, I mean, mean they, they, they have. I mean, what what do they have to lose at this point? I mean, yeah. I just, and the and the the Rangers are built pretty well too. Because if they had him, it would be Zabinajad, Panarin. They'd have uh, Shostakin, and they, they, they'd have a pretty good squad. So they, I, I don't know if they could compete right away, but I think Buffalo will be relevant in the next two years. Yeah, I feel bad for Buffalo. I feel really bad for Buffalo. Like as much as like they, they normally play in the same division as I as my team, I just feel bad for that fan base. Like I feel like you deserve to win a little bit. It's been seven years of terribleness. Yeah, it's like the Browns, like the Browns yeah. in football. Yeah, like, I mean like. And like, especially like now, at least your football team's good. Like, I, I, I'm a Bills fan, so I don't only cheer for winners. You're, you said you were a Cowboys fan last week. No, I'm a Bills fan. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, see what I'm dealing with here. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, the the I feel bad for the the Sabers for the fact that they did everything right. They hit on the draft pick, and they still aren't good. Paul is a Cowboys for the fan. Fact by that the way. They, the, what? Paul is a Cowboys fan. Oh, my bad, my bad. But no, because you, you know, you, you start to sell. I mean, you sold Kane, you sold a lot of guys. 
uh, if you're Buffalo, you take all the draft picks, you turn it into a few good players, then you get Eichel, which is supposed to be the godsend, right? Yeah. And then you're still not good enough and you have to blow it up. That's why I feel bad for the Sabres because very rarely in sports do people do thing the right do things the right way and end up not good enough. Kind of like the 76ers in basketball. Oh, where God. It's just the process they built through the draft and they had a good team and they're just not good enough. Everybody well, on the Sixers is like a good uh, a new sports car. They're, they're good to look at, but they get they get hurt every time we take them out of the garage. But I feel like also the thing with Buffalo is like a lot of the issues start with ownership because they fired the GM literally every season. Yeah. Like I think right. the longest GM in the last seven years was there for a year and a half. Yeah, that that has never made sense to me. Which is if insane. You're to have me. a GM. It's like it's like firing a college coach after one year. Like, you can't do anything in one year. You need to draft your drafting guys who most of the time aren't going to play in the NHL that year unless you have, like, a top five pick. Yeah. So why are we – I just don't get it in terms of, like, what what is success? Like, a G, the GM who drafted Jack, Jack, Jack Eichel is no longer there. Yeah. Like, what like, what could he have done better than draft a top five player in the NHL? Yeah, like, like Tim Murray, he drafted Jack Eichel, and then, like, halfway through next season they fired him because they weren't winning. I think they also got got fell for the the Taylor Hall trick. I mean, I thought they think he was going to come in and there was going to be miracles, which they play yeah. very well together, but like they're just not pulling it together. I mean, maybe next year they will, but Taylor Hall wants out. <laughs> so. Also, the thing with too with the Taylor Hall thing, it's um, if you look at like at the GM for Buffalo now, it's some random scout. Like they literally like last year they, they fired the GM again. And then they fired every single scout on the team, except for the lowest ranking scout. Like this guy had nothing. Like they had, they like he was the newest scout to the team, and he was like the newest person hired on the organization. They made him the GM. Which like, I don't hate that move. I don't. I don't hate that move. I hate that they gave it to him. But I am a fan of cleaning house. Like yeah, if you're I mean, firing the GM, fire everybody. Yeah, but, like, they did that, like, a day before the draft, too. So, like, this guy goes in there, like, ah. Yeah, right, after, the next move? <laughs> after, the, after the first round, you don't know anything. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I, just... I mean, it's tough. I would not – if you're – like, we always do this. If you're telling me, like, you could be a fan of all 31 teams, like, what team would you be a fan of? Buffalo's got to be 31. They have no, to be. No, no, no. I mean, it's Florida. It'd be 31. Hmm. I, I just don't I, I don't like their uniforms. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. But uh, I can get on board with that. <laughs> I just I just don't like them. I don't I don't know why I just don't, I don't like Florida. I don't know why more teams don't use that color scheme though. The red and like navy looks pretty cool together. But yeah, I hate that that trend that happened for a while where everyone was like, "Oh, we'll make a crest." And I'm like, "No, that's not because that's kind of what they did with their whole little not shield, but the like how it's in like a box with the panther. Let me right. see if I'm unless I'm crazy. But like I hate that trend because the knights did it too, where it's like very geometric. And yeah. instead of like being an actual logo, because all the best logos in sports are they're either classic or they're like unique, right? There's no like I don't know. Maybe it's they just wanted to be like soccer, is what I think, where they're like all these <laughs> European teams. I'm like, that's just not I can see that. I'm going to pull up the nicest logo in sports right now. It's not the Habs logo, so you can stop right there if that's what you're doing. 
Oh, but I'm pulling it up already. Yeah, see, it's not. Yeah. It, it is. Like a toilet seat. Ah, it's a bad logo. Nicest bad logo in sports. It's the most beautiful logo I mean, in if sports. We're, if we're ranking logos... You got to get a Chicago or the Sharks. Yeah, I mean, the Sharks have, in my opinion, a top three cool logo, which is awesome. I mean, they got to get Sharks or the, or the, or the, the Chicago Blackhawks. And if, if we're going classic, which is where that would fit into, I still don't put that number one. I think really? the Blackhawks are one. Harford Whalers had a cool one. Yeah. Blackhawks, Ranger. Red Wings, the old Flyers Vancouver, kind of the old Vancouver jersey. Mm-hmm. The Fisherman. I like the, Ra- I like the Rangers jersey uniform. Yeah, that's a good jersey too. I, I, I like just the Rangers like across the like that. We could do a whole day on just jerseys. Yeah. Because but like Golden Seals. I, like, I mean, yeah, the white skates. Oh, <laughs> fantastic. But yeah, I mean, in like, yeah, the the Oilers logo I really like. The Oilers with the orange. Like the those are cool logos too, but I mean the sharks are obviously my favorite logo, but I also think just objectively, like a shark on anything is cool. Like sharks biting like, the stick in half is pretty legit. Yeah, it's it's a cool looking logo. Um, I think that our retros are the best, not our reverse retros, but those teal ones are pretty cool. But yeah, we'll see. I I don't think anything beats the hurricane. Old Olin, Olin Nolan jerseys. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, or the fact that they th- they they wore a a twenty year throwback jersey, and it was the jersey from uh, Patrick Marlowe's rookie year, and he wore it on the throwback night. Oh boy, <laughs> that's pretty awesome. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, uh, that's pretty much good for the East. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole bunch of teams in the middle that you think. I mean, Jack Hughes looks good, which yeah. is good. I think that's hey, good for the year. league. That good for the league and good for American like hockey. <laughs> That he kind of turned into something. Then you have the Bruins that look like the Bruins. Yeah, they're, they're they're amazing. <laughs> yeah, this team, this this is similar to the West, in that I feel like it's four teams, maybe three, and then everybody else, right? Where like the West is, there's definitely a cutoff with the West, but well, you're like I'd put the I'd put the Flyers in the above category as like the like kind of knocking at the door. Like if any of those teams falter, then the Flyers will be in that four spot. But I mean, I, I feel like those four teams are going to take it. I think the Islanders, Penguins, Capitals, Bruins. I feel like the Penguins though are like, they're good, but like. I don't think they'll uh, make it in. I think the Flyers are making it in before the Penguins. I, I don't know. I'll be shocked. Yeah, they're they're the still in like make. a, they just got Hextall, you know, he's, he's making kind of. Yeah. Uh, emotional moves right now. I mean, mm-hmm. he took he he got one of the guys he drafted off waivers, and then I mean, Nolan Patrick almost concussed him. I mean, there he got caught talking smack on the Flyers to the Penguins media in the locker room. And they they all found out about it, so he had a mm-hmm. target on his back. Mark Friedman, uh, they're still in a rebuild. They're going to be in a rebuild. I mean, and it's weird because uh, uh, one of the guys that we deal with. That's a Philly beat writer caught wind that Malkin's talking about this may be his last season because he's just done. He may be done with hockey. So, cause everybody was talking about getting rid of, you know, that what if they got rid of Crosby and Malkin, which I think is absurd, but um, I think the return on Crosby Bob, would be crazy. In fact, for you, the only for thing who? Crosby, the, well, here, here's, this is from Crosby. 
The only team he would waive his no movement clause for, the only team in the NHL he would waive his no trade clause for is Montreal. So, mm-hmm. yeah, do, that was written do, by GoHabsGo.com. So <laughs> it's it's how it goes. But I, the only teams that could take him are going to be Colorado and probably LA and, and New York <sighs> in terms of teams that have enough to actually get him because he's going to take probably two top prospects and a first and a third or something. He's going to yeah. take a lot. And Colorado, Colorado's going to make a splash. Don't be shocked if Colorado signs Jack Eichel. Like yeah. Colorado can, because Colorado can give up. I mean, as someone who I'm so happy that he's, that they're not in the Pacific division because I mean, they're going to be the best team in the NHL for five, six years. Just because Co- of Colorado how Avalanche. Yes. They have they, so many players. That, yeah. Well, cause they have like the cap friendly, they have McKinnon making six. They have Landeskog and um, Rantanen also locked up. They have Makar who hit and became a superstar. They have Byram who hit and became a superstar and then or who's going to become a superstar. And then the guy who I forgot last week, Liam, that I'm forgetting again now, the the um, defenseman. Landeskog? No, Landeskog's up there. But no, they ha- they just have a whole bunch of prospects. Are you talking about Gerard? They can afford- yeah, yeah. They have a whole bunch of prospects they can afford to trade. Great last name. Yeah, yeah, whatever. But um, <laughs> yeah, they have a whole bunch of prospects they can afford to trade, and you know they can take Brent Burns if they want him. You know we'll let him go, but we'll yeah. see. I think it'll be interesting with the the expansion draft too, because there's going to oh, be a gonna lot be a of good players available. It's going to be a nightmare for every team. It's going to be an absolute nightmare, except for the Sharks, kind of, because I think the Sharks are going to expose everybody with a bad contract. <laughs> Be like, hey, you got to take one of them. Well, that's what the, the whole, the whole, the whole idea with the with the Flyers was that they wanted them to take JVR last year, and now it's like I feel like Seattle uh, kind of licking their chops at the idea of of JVR, but now the Flyers want to give up Ghost, and like I don't really know any team besides Nash, Nashville's talking about it pretty heavily that they would they'll take Gustafson and 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 Ghost in the third round, but. I mean, Seattle's going to make a lot of waves in this t- in this uh, league, and I'm not a really big fan of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, criminal, the Seattle logo. Like, it looks cool, but they could have done so much with the Kraken. And they yeah. just had an S. <laughs> like, why are we – we could have done so much cool stuff. You ever see yeah. Kraken rum? Like, have do you guys... something like that. Oh, yeah. They, oh, well, yeah. they, they, uh, they actually partnered up with the Kraken rum. And the uh, Kraken rum is the official rum of the Seattle Kraken. Yeah, that, that was, was bound to happen. So, yeah, have you seen the jersey? What do the jerseys look like? They're cool. They kind of look like like jerseys you create for a team in NHL. But okay, I, I like I like the color scheme though. I like right. the blue and light blue looks pretty cool. Um, I'm gonna have I think to look they it should up. do they should do something with green because Seattle the Seahawks have that like highlighter green jersey. And the Mariners kind of have the same colorway going. They don't have the neon, but they have green as well. And the right. Metropolitan. So the, the Sonics, the Sonics were green, and I think that green's kind of that color for Seattle. So I think they should do a little more with that. But yeah, I think they also A-plus. don't want to copy Vancouver. Yeah, but whatever. Vancouver's yeah. never won anything. Fair enough. <laughs> anyway, I guess that's about it for this week's episode. We've been going for about an hour and a bit now. So. Mm-hmm. Thank you again, Jesse, for coming on this week. We appreciate it. 
Uh, before we wrap it all up, do you want to let our listeners know where they can find your podcast if they want to go listen to some hardcore flyer stuff? Yeah, so uh, actually, yeah, Flyers Alley's on uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts, and uh, we're on Twitter. You know, I think it's Flyers Pod, uh, Flyers Alley Pod One, and uh, we actually, I actually just created a network. We have a couple uh, other podcasts on there, so um, you guys look that up. That's called a uh, Greater Philadelphia Sports Network. We just created all of our social media stuff right now, so it's rather new, but. You know, we're sponsored by Riley Cote. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. Um, no. He's an ex-flyer enforcer. He owns a, a body. It's called Body Check Wellness for, like, CBD oils and such. So, I mean, you guys look all that up and you can find us. I mean, we're not hard to find. Flyers Alley, anything. And we're, we're pretty much right there. Yeah. And on actually, as we're wrapping it up, too, I'd like to remind our listeners to continue the donations to Hall's Haven Border Collie Rescue. We appreciate all the donations going to them. Uh, all the money does go to the dogs and most of the humans and the dogs need to help, especially right now with COVID. They've been hit very hard. They were unable to do their fundraisers and raise money for the dogs. Um, so please continue your donations to them, help the dogs, you know, it pays for vet bills, food, everything that goes into being a dog rescue. Uh, you can email them for Canadian listeners. You can e-transfer at Hall's admin at hallshaven.org. And for Americans or Canadians who don't want to use e-transfer, you can PayPal at Again, admin at hallshaven.org. I'll have the email in the description of the episode. And again, thank you all for listening. And I hope you all have a great week and stay safe out there, folks.